All right. Okay, mother <laughs> <laughs> Married with channels. Hey, it's Moose. And I'm Jody. We're married. Yeah. We watch TV shows, but we're not doing married things. And parenting things. Which is just parenting things. Yeah, just parenting things. So we had a good date. We had a a good date night last night. Yeah, that was fun. Sampling some Girl Scout cookies with the beers. What a great idea for a great cause. So. You know, and uh, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but we've talked to them before on my now former radio show and i've never sampled it i've never done it yeah yeah but that was the first time doing it it's like okay yeah this makes sense it's something different and fun and i like beer and i like cookies yeah so So if you like cookies you like beer you should uh do the girl scout cookies on tap which is available most places in the united states i think is it yeah Cool. Yeah, it's not just here in our neck of the woods. On to the TV stuff. Yes, yes. Lovecraft Country, the season finale titled Full Circle. I thought it was just okay. Yeah. I thought it was just fine. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there's some stuff there like um, Dee's little robot hand that her mom made for. Yeah. Or she, or maybe she made it. Who knows? No, I think I think her mom did that. Because remember, she uh, opened the door and Dee looked in, and her eyes got wide, like, "Oh wow!" And then we never saw what she was looking at. It was kind of sure. like the suitcase from Pulp Fiction type of moment. Sure. But uh, yeah, the season finale. What do you think? Well, kind of sad it's over. I don't know that that episode really wowed me either, but it wasn't dull and boring. So yeah, there's that. No, it wasn't dull. It wasn't boring. It was just, I don't know. It was, um, it didn't quite wrap up satisfactorily for me. Okay. It, it, it wrapped up fine, but it wasn't like, oh, cool. You know, well, I guess the show like that where it's got sci-fi elements, horror elements, I kind of almost need it to be like, end with a, oh, neat, you know? Yeah. And I know that sounds kind of, kind of uh mouth breatherish. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I need some flashbang and CGI. But I meant, I mean, more like something that lived up to the crazy crap we got. But instead, it was just kind of like, you know, the bad guy summoning all the spirit stuff and the big ruined castle yeah. type setting and a little, a little, a little on the rote side for me. Sure. I think there's some loose ends there, though, that will come into fruition probably in the next season. Like, I don't know. Christina said Ruby was dead, but I get this feeling Ruby's not dead. Ruby. The sister. Oh, yeah. Letty's sister. Yeah. Didn't, well, didn't we see her? Didn't we Oops. see her? What happened? Sorry, I hit the... God yeah. bless America. Didn't we see Ruby in the bed, in the like, the coma bed, the life support yeah. bed? But now or, th- or am I thinking of like some sort of behind the scenes thing? Anyway, what? Well, and now that they have magic and the use of magic, can't they just bring her back? Can't they bring Tick back? Like, Yeah, you would think. You know, can't you use this for your own advantage here? With Crap, I forgot Tick died. Yeah. Theoretically. Yeah. Or maybe he'll die and we'll, the next season we'll jump ahead to when his son George is, you know. It'll send, him more, it'll send her more on George. Maybe. I thought it was cool that... Uh, at the end, like Diana had one of those monsters as almost like her pet, like yeah, he's riding alongside with her. I thought that was kind of cool. 
Yeah, and I I was a little confused by that um, that moment where D showed up when uh, Christina Christina was kind of lying there. Yeah, you know, wounded and just about dead. Yeah, and she came and finished her off. Yeah, she said, "You haven't learned your lesson yet." Yeah, yeah. She finished her off, and then uh, so it almost seemed like they're trying to say D was a bad guy now. I don't know. Because it mean, didn't, it didn't seem like that was that jibed with the character. Sure. Like all of a sudden, she's going to come up with her badass pet dog, sure, razor tooth dog, and yeah, you know, kill someone. Sure. I, I didn't think D was like that. That just didn't seem to mesh with the character sure. we've been fed this whole season. Well, that's why I thought like when the door was open and you know you hear some sort of machine and whirring and glowing and. Um, sorry. (laughs) No, it's not a kid. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. That's all right. I silenced my phone. Um, when, when the door was open and it, you know, what we don't know is maybe D went on some sort of time traveling thing with her mom and now she's all badass, you know, like all knowing and knowledge is power. And now she feels pretty, pretty free to vindicate, you know. The yeah. wrongdoings here, you yeah, know, of Christina. I, I guess so. Um, That's one theory I had, maybe. Yeah. But you're right; it hasn't meshed with like the character that we've seen of her so far. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not to say that she's like this purely angelic, you know, pristine sure. character. But we've got no indication that she is uh, the sort that would not only kill somebody but do it uh, uh, brazenly yeah. and willingly. Yeah, you know. Yep. Uh, that so that that character beat didn't really work for me. Sure. And it seemed a little kind of like. And then the the razor dog. I don't know what they're called. I like, don't know what they're the, called either. Did the howl at the moon thing? And it's yeah. A little bit of an eye roll there. Sure. You know, I don't think you needed that. I sure, mean, sure. Shit, if you're gonna do that, just have that dog piss on her dead body. Or something, <laughs> you know, at least make it kind of comedic. Instead, they know. went for the full like. <laughs> 1950s universal movie monster cliche yeah Yeah, a little cliche okay i got you but uh you know uh, you know it was fine it was it's interesting like yeah all these all these characters come together and they now have this powerful thing the book of names and the book of names and magic the book of names and the magic Ooh, it's magic everybody yep so anything else from that? I mean, uh, oh, well, I just still have to give a shout out to wardrobe, hair and makeup for Letty. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, her dress at the graveyard was just, oh, my God, I want that dress. And hmm. I don't know what kind of lipstick that is, but I love it. I don't remember what kind of dress she I was know wearing. you don't probably pay attention to that kind of stuff, but. I did pay I, attention when she was humping tick. I bet. Yeah. There's, yeah. I bet you did. But even like Christina's outfits and Ruby's, like the costuming yeah. of this is just really amazing. And yeah. No, it's a, uh, it's a well done show. Yeah. yeah. All, all points considered, you know, wardrobe, you know, setting s- dialogue, the I, feel. I do love like that scary kind of, tense scene where Dee's in the car by herself reading a book. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that's every T 
teenage girl's nightmare. Like you're parked somewhere and your parents ran in real quick to the store or whatever. And, ugh, that would creep me out. But I love that she was reading the Lovecraft Country novel. Like, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. No, the the season so far, Lovecraft Country, I, I think the show is, I think, inconsistent in many regards. Uh, but that and it kind of relies on the novelty of it mm. to keep it kind of interesting for me anyway like there's a lot of stuff in here that i've never seen before sure as far as ideas about you know sci-fi and horror and uh, that's why i like it but i think narratively i think they've kind of been inconsistent sure but uh, don't get me wrong i like it i yeah. think um if I had to give a grade on Lovecraft Country season one, I'd say uh, I'd say a B minus. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Thoughts. Um. One thing. One part of the story that I thought was a little bit strange is Gia's return. You know, Tick met with her to kind of be nicer to her. Gia. Oh yeah, the Korean girl. Yeah, and you know she ended up helping them. Like that might be a kind of a monster asset for them like she she ended up helping at the end you know kind of connect their bodies so that the spell would work you know the one thing that really stood out was when they were in the car all of them and they yeah. s- slowly all started singing the same yeah, song yeah it was kind of sweet and fun yeah but then you look back and it's like oh that wasn't ruby that was christina singing with them yeah boom boom yeah boom. But, uh, yeah, Lovecraft Country season one was good. Yeah. Yeah. Very different. Very unique. I like that it, you know, kind of tells the story of racial tensions of the time. And, you know, this was kind of like, this episode was kind of like, you know, they, people of color took back the power. You know, magic is theirs now. And, you know, people like Christina can't use it against them anymore. So... That was kind of nice. The magic is theirs now. Do you want to touch on Fargo at all? Okay. Briefly? Sure. Yeah, so, again, I'm going to just give a shout-out to this period and the costumes. And, oh, my... Well, and, the, and, the, and the Cadillac. Uh, yeah, I'm getting there. Oh, my God. I love the cars on this season. Like, the cars. Well, yeah, the cars are great. <sighs> you are obsessed. Yes. And I'm not trying to be uh, derogatory here. In no, I you, am. you are obsessed with that blue Cadillac. Yeah, it's a ni- I think it's a 1949 Cadillac Series 62 blue. And um, just so you know, on my Christmas list, there's a toy version of it. Is from- there really? <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> they actually have one? They actually have one. You could order it. It's... it's uh, not from like the show. It's not Fargo merchandise right. or anything, but but it looks pretty much the same. But it same, looks pretty right? much the same. I think well, that's I think. cool. Yeah, but I also um, in in being obsessed with finding out what kind of car that was, there is an actual website that goes through and identifies cars in movies and television. Oh yeah, of course yeah. there is. It's Internet Movie Cars Database. There you go. So, in case you're wondering, but the Fargo this season. Uh, when I saw, when I first saw, they released like what the format, the story was essentially going to be. It was going to be like uh, Kansas City mob in the early fifties, and 
And they showed Chris Rock as the head of the mob. Yeah. And I, I kind of rolled my eyes in the back of my head because he's not a good actor. Yeah. He's, he's very kind of flat. He's very like, he always has that look on his face like, after he delivers a line, that look of like, did you believe me when I delivered the line? <laughs> but I'll give him credit here. He's actually doing okay. Yeah. In this uh, Fargo TV show. So. Yeah. Uh, kudos to him. Yeah, I think that uh, this role has kind of like allowed him to blossom and grow a little bit in my eyes mm -hmm. as far as an actor is concerned. Like Chris Rock is great as Chris Rock. Exactly. Like his iPhone 12 ads, it's Chris Rock. His stand-up, obviously Chris Rock. Right. But when he's acting, it's always just kind of like, oh, I feel like there's some young African-American actor who auditioned for whatever role he got who was like 10 times better yeah. and more deserved of the role. But because he's Chris Rock, he got the role. But anyway, again, he's doing fine for Fargo. Sure. It's interesting to see the stuff with how the mob developed in Kansas City. Now, how true it is, I don't know. That's the thing is, that the thing with Fargo is they always put this uh, text on the screen saying, this is a true story. Right. Um, you know, we're keeping to the truth to protect the legacy of the dead or whatever and yeah but then i always i think i heard that it's not true yeah they just say that to make it seem more I, weighty i guess yeah i don't know we'd have to do our own history right project on the kansas city mob you know yeah like i'm sure there's some names in the show that are real but well, and uh, it might have like you know they might have traced roots back to you know some italian families and mm -hmm. you know certain families and certain business types that they you know took over or established mm -hmm. so there might be some truth to it i don't know but we got to talk about the show fargo and it's fargo-ness oh uh, yes it, if if you watch any fargo season they've yeah. had like four or five now yeah they're always kind of quirky yep they're always very uh methodical yeah uh and there's always stuff that kind of like you kind of like, you accept, you kind of roll your eyes at and kind of like, oh, okay. It's but, exaggerated, but, it. but yeah, you come I mean, like, to know that that's involved in watching this show, kind of. But, yeah, but this season seems to be more of the kind of quirky. Yeah, there's definitely mm -hmm. more of those weird, quirky characters than there ever has been. And to me, it's almost kind of caricatures. You know, it is a little, is bit, a little too bit. much. It is a little bit, and obviously, you and I have talked about the uh, the Italian guy, the brother of Jason Schwartzman's character, yeah. who came off the boat and he fought in the war, and he's Mister Badass, and yeah, that guy, that character is just a cartoon. Yeah, you know, and I, I I get he's supposed to be kind of a badass and kind of a a, a wild card who you don't know which way he's going to go. You know, he'd go any w which way, depending on how the wind blows. Yeah, but right now, like, the way he sits there and does the crazy eyes for Always me, with the eyes. Oh, my gosh, it's just too much. I can't, it's just I can't, too much. I can't even impersonate it. I, can't, I don't know if I, I can know. open my eyes and, like, hold him like that, like he does. I know, and it eats up way too much screen time for me. Like, maybe one episode of that, so you can show, like, Ooh, this guy's not messing around, you know? Yeah. Or you do that in another way, but 
I don't know. He's just eating up too much screen time for me with the well, crazy eyes. And he's, it's not even about screen time for me. It's more about he's just chewing the scenery. Yeah. He's just chewing up the lines. And, you know, and everything has to be punctuated by those fucking eyeballs. Yeah. And I get it. He's supposed to be kind of a war-hardened, take-no-gruff, not putting up with this negotiating bullshit that his brother's trying to do. His, his theory, his worldview is... Kill everybody to get what you want. Yeah. Screw, well, and if, if they cross you in any way, they're dead. I think I was under the impression that, you know, kind of the the old school gangsters in Italy were, were pushing him in that way. Like, uh, I got to I gotta go over there because my little brother's not taking care of business, you know? I, I missed why he came over. Yeah. I missed why he is now in the United States. I think it's under the the threat of, you know, his his and the mob big boys back home in Italy. You okay. know, I but, think I think they're of the position of like, this can't stand. I don't care what kind of agreement you have with people like knock some heads, take take back ours, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff, that kind of attitude. No. Yeah. I I like the idea of like a family leadership problem a a butting of heads a battle for power sure and you have one way of doing it which is jason jason schwartzman's way and i forget his character's name i know it's fada but i forget his first name then you have the uh the brother from italy his way which is you know break noses twist arms and uh you know the rule of the fist shall get you the power and the control. It's Josto. Josto. Josto Fada. Yeah, Fada. And then the brother is... Giacomo. No, it's uh, like Gatano. Okay. But I yeah. like I like that kind of dynamic where it's kind of a uh, push-pull for the power. Sure. And just when you think like... The one scene, it was... Uh, what was it? It was like an episode ago where Schwartzman found out that uh, his brother had tried to do a hit on Chris Rock's oldest son. And, um, you know, he, he did it without going through the boss, sure. Schwartzman. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he came in the room, the bill, the bill, billiard room, and uh, shot the gun at the guy, you know? Yep. Like, he wasn't putting up with that shit. That was kind of a, that was an interesting twist on that character, because the Fada Schwartzman character you figure is going to be Mister like I don't I'm not going to physically do anything I'm not a violent guy I'm a big mouth like he gets things done with his mouth and his mind but huh. this time he pulled out the guns like I will goddamn kill you yeah so yeah I like that little twist on that character that moment so yeah they keep you guessing also do what do we think of the uh, I I'm, I can't get her name right the nurse yeah Oretta. Orietta. Orietta Mayweather. Um, oh, that's funny. I went to a Wikipedia Fargo TV show and my mouse just happened to l- land on the girl who played plays Orietta Whitaker. <laughs> she's like Irish or something. She's she's killing it as that character. Like that character is so interesting and different. It is. She's very weird. And yeah. obviously we we get a glimpse in her little prize closet. <laughs> Yeah, she's a crazy person who's like a, what do they call that type of killer? She's like a serial killer that takes yeah. trophies. Like, Well, yeah, but there's like a, 
Angel of Mercy. Yeah. Right. Ki- yeah. Kind of. That's kind of yeah. what I'm gathering that she ends people's misery. Yeah. 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 While they're in the hospital setting. But uh, and then takes their stuff and takes a little. Mem- <laughs> but that's like collecting a memento. That's, yeah. That's that's right up there. Serial killer it stuff. Is, in it. Yeah. But I like that character. Yeah. So sad. Dr. Senator died. Yeah. I like that name. Dr. Killed, Senator. I should, I yeah. Um, the other caricatures that are really kind of driving me nuts is, and at first they didn't bother me, but Zelmar and Swanee, the outlaws. Oh yeah. The sister, the outlaw, they broke out of prison, you know, like Mm -hmm. that they're just getting more and more over the top as the shows progress, the episodes progress. And I, you know, it's almost becoming like, like you said, like usually there's just kind of one or a few kind of quirky people characters that are interesting and different but Mm -hmm. this is like a whole slew of them and i'm not quite sure how that plays into things yet i'm sure they'll probably try and tie that together but yeah well i don't know yeah at first i was a little annoyed by those two yeah It, it was kind of interesting how they introduced them they were busting out of a drain yeah pipe coming from the prison and it instantly made me think of uh raising arizona where uh, John Goodman and uh, Forsyth, can't remember his first name, they came out of the mud in the ground uh, screaming and yelling. Yeah. It it, it, it harkened back to that. And another uh, reference to Raising Arizona, I don't know if you, I yes. think I pointed out in episode four. Yeah. Where like uh, the guy said to the girls as they were robbing yeah. Chris Rock's uh, uh Slaughterhouse, I think it was. No, it was the betting hall, or it was it no. was their main hub when the late when the when the two ladies robbed them. Okay, and the one of the uh, like uh, Cannon, Chris Rock's character, Cannon, yeah. one of his guys said, "Lady, you got a panty on your head." Yeah, that's that's a direct quote yeah. from. Uh, except for "lady," said "son," but from Raising sure. Arizona. Yep. So there's a, occasional references to the original Fargo. Yeah. In these TV shows, based on the movie. But I like Fargo. I It's one of those things, like, it's become one of those shows for me where, like, no matter what's going on, I'm in. I'm going to watch it. Just because it's so quirky and different. And, you know, yeah, there's been some seasons where it's like the UFOs came down and, okay, you're trying to say something. There's an allegory there, but. Ugh. Well, and this one has, like, Ethel Rita saw a ghost and oh yeah, um, Zelmar saw a ghost and the one ghost who came out of the bathtub. Yeah, I'm like, okay, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite sure what's going on there or how that works here, but all right, I'll roll with it. I'll see it through. Yeah, I just want need more sweet shots of that Cadillac. Jody just wants that Cadillac. I do. It's a sweet car. Yeah, he's can we, a nice guy. Can we talk about Timothy Oliphant in it, too? Okay. I just feel like it's more justified, which I love, don't get me wrong, but there's nothing, like, real different here for me with him in that Marshall role. Yeah. Agree? Yeah. No, yeah. it's 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 definitely Marshall Waylon Givens. Yeah. Part two, but with carrots. Yeah. And no cursing. Yeah, and... Maybe a little bit of racism peppered in there. A little bit of racism, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's very much kind of in that vein. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the uh, 
What do you think of the cop, like the dirty cop who's got the OCD? Yeah, not sure where that's going either. Again, a quirky, weird character that... I like they... I like Jack Houston. I think that's his name. Yeah. Because you remember he was in Boardwalk Empire. He was the uh, the one guy who had half his face shot off yeah. in the war and he wore the mask. Yeah, but... you told me that and I didn't believe it at first because he doesn't look anything like that now in this role. So I was like, what? Nah. Well, Christ, that was 10 years ago. I know. That's hard to believe that that was that long ago. And I like the actor, and I think he's doing a great job with the character. And at first, he's one of those characters, like, he starts off, and he's got this huge OCD problem where he's like... Yeah. Before he leaves the room, he's got to knock the door frame six times or whatever. Yeah. And at first, like, oh, okay, here's just a stupid little quirky character that's that in any other show would just be, like... A dirty detective. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe he goes a lot, you know, or he's always drinking milk or something, but this one, he's got to be OCD, OCD. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and it's kind of paid off a little bit because we got some backstory on him and why he is OCD. And I love the moment when uh, he and his cops raid Chris Rock's establishment and Chris Rock calls him out as a coward who laid down while he was supposed to be sweeping for mines in the war and... Uh, his uh, mind blew up his CO, his commanding officer, but come to find later on in that same episode that, you know, he was so distraught about his wife being raped and murdered back home that he just gave up. Yeah. So interesting stuff there. That is. It's, it's like one of those things like when we first saw the character in his OCD, it's like, okay, quirky character, whatever. Yeah. But then as we get more info about him, you're like, okay, I'm in. I'm in on it. I understand. And yeah. This that character's that that whole thing is paying off. Yeah, it makes more sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. And maybe that'll come in and actually affect some of the storyline yeah. at some point. You know. Yep. Definitely. So. Like I'm, maybe he's in a shootout and he's trying to run out, but he can't because he's got a knock. <laughs> while the bullets are flying, and he gets killed because he only got to knock four. Yeah. What were we gonna say? Um. Well. It's interesting because it's it almost seems like he's able to kind of engage in the work he needs to do. Like when they were going through the what's what's their last Ethel Rita's last name, that family at the funeral parlor. Truman or Thurman? No, that's not right. Ethel Rita? Yeah. Her her dad's last name? Is it Smut Smutney? Smutney, okay. Yeah. What about him? Well when like when he was raiding when they were going through the house the funeral parlor looking for the fugitives the the sisters elmar and swanee um you know you could almost see some of that ptsd stress coming through on him like looking back at that episode like you can kind of see his you know almost ptsd from combat kind of coming through as he's sweeping the house and and and, you know they built that tension there too for a reason but you know you can almost kind of feel that like anxious tense situation of clearing out the basement of the Mm -hmm. funeral parlor essentially yeah so no i agree yep all right quite a few quirky characters not sure how this one's gonna play out uh and you know what i think the biggest problem is the the italian brother yeah he almost makes everything else more quirky and magnified magnified okay like if he was down he let's say he's at a 10 on the quirky yeah caricature cartoonish behavior yeah 
If he brought it down to like a six, yeah, I think that would benefit all the other characters, hmm. like Orietta Mayweather. Yeah, not that she's bad or anything. It would just be more plausible. It'd be more palatable. But I think because he's such a weirdo, it just makes everything else kind of by by virtue of association almost get more quirky. You know hmm. what I mean? Yeah, I can kind of see that. I don't know if one player is to blame there or if you're just trying to do too much with that. Like in previous seasons, it wasn't that. I mean, Mm -hmm. there are some weird ducks, quirky characters, but this one's almost like every single one except for the two main guys, you know? I do love that one scene where they uh, stop the uh, truck with the fire ring. Yeah, that was neat. That was pretty cool. Yep, yep. I, uh... I'm curious what's going to happen with Ethelreda's notebook in Orietta's closet of oh, yeah. treasures. Yeah, that's going to have to pay off at some point. Yep. Isn't it? Yep. All right. Yeah. Fargo yeah. season four. With a sweet Cadillac. With a sweet Cadillac. Oh, can I just also throw in too? Subscribe to our podcast. You might just win that Cadillac. We're giving one away. No, we're not. <laughs> what were we going to say? Um... It felt a little Sharks and Jets to me in the beginning. We haven't really talked about this show a lot. So so back to the first episode. Yeah, where they're doing the stomping of the feet. The it stomping, was a little yeah. West Side Story for me. The two gangs and the snap, 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 you know, building up to their little meeting. and their, their, I got to imagine that's just, based in reality somehow. What? There's got to uh, be. Why would you do that? Don't do that. That kind of stuff, probably. You know, you and I should Google that. We should, but... Because I, I bet there's some nugget of reality that that's based on. I don't know, but even still, it felt a little uh, West Side Story for me. Yeah. Okay. No, it, out of context, you're like, what? What are they doing here? Mm-hmm. But in my mind, it's like, okay, back in the day, what happened was the head of the crime family is sitting across from the other crime family. When he was ready, he... Tapped on the floor five mm. times. Mm-hmm. And then the other guy would tap five times. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know either, but it was kind of a Jets and Sharks moment for me. Like more ridiculousness over the top stuff. So if they had snapped their fingers in unison. Nope. I just don't think that that was necessary like, at all. Off. <laughs> but uh, I like the Fargo. I dig it. Yeah. And uh, we shall see. So we got some more. We got uh, Camp Elegance is tonight's episode. Maybe we'll talk about that. Um, I also think, too, like all these shows, kudos to all of these shows for shedding light on some racial tensions of the time. You know, there's that moment where all of Cannon's guys are sitting in the jail cell and the white guards come and they start closing the blinds. And each one of his guys starts standing up like, Oh, crap, I better be ready to go here, you know, Mm because we're going to get a prison beaten here (laughs) Yeah, by the white guards. And so, you know, it just kind of, and it ended up being, they were kind of like, oh, we'll save you from it this time because here comes big mob boss guy to talk to you instead, you know. But, uh, you know, there's... They're, they're shedding some light on, on some of that stuff, and, and kudos to these shows for, for speaking those truths about that kind of stuff. Yeah, and providing like a, a vehicle, whether it's Fargo or Lovecraft Country, a vehicle for, you know, an African-American cast 
Yes. That can bring a story that's not like, you know, straight up just about African-American issues. Now, granted, these shows do 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 that. But like the Lovecraft Country, if you discounted any kind of like, you know, uh, spotlight shown on uh, racial injustice. Yeah. If you took that out of it, it's still a good show. Yeah. And with good actors and good writing. and Yeah. Same with Fargo. I mean. Yep. Oh. But I like that that's an added bonus. Yeah. Because, you know. Totes. Unlike that uh, Big Bang Theory show, a bunch of white supremacists. <laughs> Are you going to wrap it up? Yeah, I'm good. All right. I think I got it all out. Yes, you are. I good. got more TV to watch. Yeah. Let's go watch that Fargo now, actually. Yeah. It's uh, Married with Channels. It's going to be doing it for us. Make sure you subscribe. Give us a good rating on your podcast provider. Four stars is always appreciated. And until next time, I'm Moose. I'm Jody. We're Married with Channels. Later. Bye.